Good morning and welcome to Wave Makers on WMNF with Janet and Tom. I'm Janet. And I'm Tom. And we every week bring you conversations with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay region. Today, though, it is WMNF Fun Drive. So we are here trying to raise $1,800 for our show. Our goal is $1,800 and we need you to show your support for Wave Makers and the kind of news and public affairs programming that we bring you that you do not find other places. We have a few show-specific gift thank-you gifts for you if you would like to hear about them. One of them is um, two tickets, one pair of tickets to see Sarah Evans at the Florida Strawberry Festival on this coming Saturday. And um, that is, I just read today that the Florida Strawberry Festival is the biggest festival in Florida. Bigger um, than the State Fair. Bigger than I the State Fair. I was surprised by that. Um, but we've got two tickets um, to see Sarah Evans and go to the Florida Strawberry Festival for $100 if you call 813. 239-9663 and make a pledge for $100. That will be yours today. We also have two tickets, a pair of tickets to Chef Renee's Umo Fire um, Festival, um, which is, Tom can tell you a little bit more about that. It's about food. It's about food, fire, and the countryside. It's called the Open Fire Festival, and it's going to be held on a farm in Dade City. And it's Includes an open bar. I should just go ahead and start with that. $400 for that open bar. Can you drink $400 oh, no. <laughs> worth of alcohol? But there's lots of food to go along with that open bar, such as appetizers like uh, smoked shrimp with avocado and chips and cornmeal hoe cake and and, 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 and entrees such as um, a, a baby goat or cabrito. A, a baby goat entree. That sounds delicious. Cabrito. Uh, Renee, Chef Renee is the founder of Taco Bus. Yes. So call 813-239-9663 and make a donation of $400 and those tickets will be yours. The phones are not lit up. We're already, what, how many minutes into three, two minutes into the show. I would like to see someone call and make a contribution to Wavemakers because we are bringing you all different kinds of news and public affairs programming on our uh, show. WMNF is the place where you get uh, alternative news that you're not going to necessarily hear in the mainstream media. And we feature many of those voices. Sometimes they end up appearing in mainstream media after they've appeared here first. That's right. Um, some of the folks that we've uh, hosted on the show are city council candidates, Bill Carlson, Joe Citro, Lynn Hertak, Chase Harrison, Alan Clendon, and a huge number. And that's who's appeared on our show. They've appeared on other shows. So WMNF is your place to get in-depth information about all of the city council candidates, not just a few of them. And we also speak with authors, uh, historians. Uh, we uh, try to mix it up with different topics. Uh, we had the uh, authors, uh, and you're going to be hearing from, from them later, uh, who have written the history of the Cuban sandwich. Um, they've come up with findings that a lot of people still cannot accept. Uh, highly recommend the book if you haven't read it yet. Uh, but those are the kinds of folks we're talking to on this show. 813-239-9663 or you can go to wmnf.org or go to the app to make a secure donation um, and you can call 813-239-9663 to make a donation right now. One of the thank you gifts You know you're offering. sitting there waiting, itching to call. Do it now. Do you it won't now. be sorry. One of the uh, uh, thank you gifts that we have uh, to offer you is related to one of my favorite uh, WMNF, WMNF events, which is finally making a comeback this year, which is the tropical heat wave. I have seen some of the greatest performances of my life there. 
I've seen music that I never would have seen otherwise. I've followed uh, musicians now that I discovered there. Um, Tell us about that package. What is in that so package? So that package, for a donation of just $1,000, you get the Heat Wave Oasis package. And it includes a pair of tickets to Tropical Heat Wave, which is going to be on May 6th at the Cuban Club in Ybor City, with Shamika Copeland, who is a fantastic uh, blues uh, and soul and Americana singer, the Serotones, uh, the Georgia 20, Have Gun, Will Travel, lots of great bands. You'll also get, uh, for that $1,000 donation, to Tropical Heat Wave 2023 t-shirts and access t for two people to the Tropical Heat Wave Oasis tent, which will keep you out of the heat and provide you some snacks. So for $1,000, that package can be available to you if you call right now, 813-239-9663. Always great surprises at the Heat Wave. You never know what you're going to see. And um, I'd like to uh, thank a couple people. Let's thank uh, Paul and Gail Carroll. Thank you, Paul and Gail Carroll, for your donation, um, 8852 Wavemakers. And also, thank you for, I think you're working in the phone room right now. So if you want to talk to Gail or Paul, go ahead and call 813-239-9663. You can ask them why they support Wavemakers. And they'll tell you. Um, we also have a, ooh, a generous $100 pledge from Gary Gibbons, uh, um, he um, says, uh, Jane and I love Janet and Tom's show. They have wonderful guests, ask great questions, and tackle the top local and state issues that are impacting our daily lives. The news and public affairs shows on WMNF are critical for the preservation of our democracy. Please support all of them. You can't get this information anywhere else. That is true. Be like Gary. Be like Gary and call 813-239-9663. Gary and Jane, thanks so much for your support. Yeah, thank you for that donation, Gary and Jane. And Gail and Paul and all the wonderful donors. WMF's Wavemakers is a fantastic show. They bring on great guests about uh, t topics that are very important in this area. It's worth supporting. Please keep shows like this on the air with your donations, 813-239-9663, or you can donate on the web at WMNF.org. I want to quickly thank this, this last donation that came in f during our previous show, which was um, Tuesday Cafe. It's an anonymous donation, is getting the Black History USB thumb drive and with a $100 contribution. So thank you, Anonymous in Tampa. Thanks so much for that donation. Now, please call now to support Wavemakers, 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. Um, let's play a little cl a clip from one of our shows. I'm going to play something from Carlton Ward. Um, Carlton Ward is a photographer and conservationist whose film, The Path of the Panther, uh, was just released. It's showing in movie theaters. It premiered at Tampa Theater premiered Friday at night. Tampa Theater Friday night. People there got to hear from Carlton about what motivates him to uh, uh, take these photographs and, and protect wildlife corridors. But if you were listening to Wavemakers, you heard it from him first. Okay, let's hear what Carlton Ward had to say. Florida to trying to save it. Actually, for me, <clears throat> the motivation to save it was the whole purpose and ever documenting it in the first place. I had begun my career... Um, studying ecology, you know, I came into this as a conservationist as I kind of picked up a camera and pursued photojournalism. My first work was in Gabon in Central Africa, and this was 2001 to 2005. I was going for three-month-long expeditions promoting conservation in a, in a 
developing African country. But every time I came home to Florida, there was a new subdivision on what used to be natural land or a cattle ranch. And I kind of realized that the landscapes of my youth were kind of disappearing before my eyes. And I, I felt pulled to try to make a difference here. And you are making a difference uh, through the Florida Wildlife uh, Corridor <coughs> Foundation. And I know you, it, it, it's, it's been about a decade of work uh, that your group has been in the middle of. And I think we have some news today from some of this progress being made. Today is a great day in Tallahassee. Can you tell us about what happened? Right now, uh, Governor DeSantis and the cabinet are finishing their second cabinet meeting of the year. And at that meeting, there were seven properties within the Florida Wildlife Corridor up for consideration for either state purchase or conservation easement. And all seven of those properties were approved. And so um, just you know, within, within, the, within the last hour, we've had nearly 20,000 acres approved for protection within the Florida Wildlife Corridor. So that's a huge step forward. Another 20,000 acres. And where, where are they? Are they spread out throughout the corridor or are they in a certain location? On today's agenda, they were distributed through South Central Florida and the Panhandle. They're the furthest from Tampa being up near Pensacola, an area called the Coastal Headwaters or Wolf Creek Forest Project. Another one um, a little further east in the Panhandle. Uh Several of these properties were in the Everglades Headwaters region, areas in Highlands County and Okeechobee County that are contributing to connectivity in that part of the state. Closest to home for us was a big acquisition of a conservation easement on Horse Creek. And this is in the Peace River Valley, just interior of Sarasota. It was a 16,000 acre conservation easement. 11,000 acres came from the state of Florida, 4,000 from the Southwest Florida Water Management District. Explain to us what it means to, have, to, to, to get a conservation easement. People understand the Florida ac- land acquisition program. It's been inc- extremely popular um, where they buy up land and then often the public can have access to it. What's different between that and a conservation easement? A conservation easement is when, in this case, the state doesn't buy all of the land, they buy the development rights. So most properties throughout Florida, most large parcels, most places in the corridor have an allocated development density. They're allowed to have, say, one house on five acres or whatever the case may be. That's a value that can be bought from that landowner, taken away, so that land can never be developed. Broad brushstrokes, it can be 50 cents on the dollar for what the land would sell for on the open market, depending where you are and how close it is to development. And what that does, it gives the landowner the resources to keep managing and protecting the land into the future, keep using it for a compatible use like a cattle ranch or um, rotating crops and agriculture. I see. And uh, I think we should probably also help our listeners understand or define the Florida Wildlife Corridor because it's it's big, it's sprawling, and it, sometimes it's difficult to to kind of figure out where it is. And and what is it? What and is what exactly? Is it? Yeah. How do we how do we determine what the fi- wildlife corridor is? Good question. So the Florida Wildlife Corridor is 
a subset of something called the Florida Ecological Greenways Network. And this is the science of basically how you connect up the green space in Florida. Florida is blessed by, as you mentioned, a great legacy of conservation. That's left us with 10 million acres of public land. However, if we continue on our current development trajectory, most of those public lands will become islands surrounded by development. And that's not good for the wildlife, for the water, or for the people who want to use and access these places. The Florida Wildlife Corridor is a solution that helps invest in protecting the green space. It's those missing links that connect the green backbone of Florida. So if you're looking at Florida from a map, you go from south in the Everglades. You're listening to a previous interview that we did with Carlton Ward, who is a conservationist and photographer. He's talking about the work that he is doing to protect Florida wildlife. And his film, The Path of the Panther, recently um, opened in theaters. Give us a call, 813-239-9663, if you would like to support Wavemakers or go to WMNF.org to make your contribution. That Carlton Ward interview was uh, uh, done uh, late August, and uh, he was talking about news that happened that day, which was when they... uh, bought up a bunch of conservation rights uh, and those are the kinds of things that we like talking to guests about because it really does make a difference in our environment. Let's go back to that interview um, for a few minutes. The state that they can get around from around the state unimpeded and not have to be like you said, uh, sort of confined to an island surrounded by development. Is that why we call it a corridor? Is that the idea of it? That's the idea. That's also how we connect with the idea. It's about much more than wildlife. Okay. But if we think about <clears throat> the wildlife or wildlife are the symbols for the corridor. It was inspired by the Florida black bear, these animals that are wide ranging and need lots of land. Um, or me- more recently, I've been doing a lot of work with the Florida panther. A single male Florida panther has a home range of 200 square miles. That's twice the size of Orlando, four times the size of Miami. Mm-hmm. There are very few places in Florida or even in the eastern United States where a single property by single ownership or by a single agency can serve the home range needs of even one panther. It by definition requires a connected fabric, a connected fabric of adjacent lands working together. And so these animals, the bears, the panthers, the ones that need the most land, they show us what we need to do to protect their habitat needs. But ultimately what they're doing is showing us what we need to do to save wild Florida. And that's for the benefit of all the other species that live in under the umbrella of these wide-ranging species. It's also what we need to do to protect the headwaters of the Hillsborough River and the Green Swamp or the headwaters of the Everglades near Orlando or the headwaters of the St. John's River. So it's it's about our green infrastructure and having a balance between our economies and the ecology that supports us all. Uh-huh. But the wildlife in the wildlife corridor kind of helps create a framework Framework where we can see we have work to do. This is actually an infrastructure plan. It's a, it's a way to keep the green and natural part of Florida working for all of us. And that was Carlton Ward Jr. talking about the Florida Wildlife Corridor and his work with the Florida Panthers. Um, Give us a call, 813-239-9663 to make a donation. We've got those uh, tickets uh, to the um, 
Umo Fire Festivals, Chevronet's Umo Fire Festival, which, which is limited to only 165 people. Only 165 people. We have two people. tickets have to that. Two tickets. It's going to be a great event. Really cool open fire festival. A very very unique experience with ten food stations by Chef Renee. And that's a four hundred dollar pledge. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. Also, oh. Bastard Brewing is going to be there offering up their craft beers, and I think it's important to note that they are. An African-American-owned brewery, which is very unusual in Florida. What's the name again? Bastet Brewing. Bastet Brewing. We want to thank a couple other people who are helping our volunteers here. We've got throughout the fun drive all week, lots of volunteers here in our phone room answering phones. Thank you to Cheesecake Richard, who dropped off apple cakes and cheesecakes. Thanks for the goodness and for your pledges of support, Richard. We will be enjoying that for days to come. Thank you also to the Cabot Creamery Cooperative. Very cool Cabot Creamery. They're always very supportive of WONF. They sent cheese samples of Vermont cheddar cheeses for the people answering your calls and helping run this membership drive. So call now, talk to a cheese-eating volunteer, and make your donation to Wavemakers, 813-239-9663. They are a, co- a cooperative in Vermont, and so I think their values are very similar to WMNF. They are, and in fact, I visited one of the farms that is a part of the cooperative um, last year, actually not in 2022, but 2021, about a year and a half ago. It was really cool. Um, they had lots of Cabot gear there, which is interesting. It reminded me of being of at the to, station. <laughs> we have lots of gear to offer here, too, Janet. That's uh, right. If you donate $35, you can get a bumper sticker. Or for another $35, you can get a WMNF face mask. $60, you can get a peace magnet. Um, for $88.50, see what I did there? $88.50, mm-hmm. you can get a baseball cap. Um, same uh, donation will get you a T-shirt. And we have shopping bags uh, for a $100 donation. Um, and Dr. Bob's book, Kentucky Farmer Invents Wireless Telephone. And one of the best ways to support WMNF is uh, with the Circle of Friends membership. You can be, join the Circle of Friends for as little as $5 a month. $5 a month, that is less than a cup of coffee a month. Go ahead and make that donation and join the Circle of Friends. And that helps us... Um, Keep our lights on and keep the keep the station going. Keep us on the air. I've um, got a couple people to thank. We want to thank James Tapper from all the way from London, England, who donated one hundred twenty six dollars. Thank, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. We really appreciate that. And also thank you to Aaron in Bradenton, who joined the Circle of Friends. He joined the Circle of Friends again. That is a a great way to uh, support WMNF, and and he took. A T-shirt, one of the the new T-shirts that we have that are super cool. Tom and I are both wearing the black I Love WMNF T-shirts today, but the new T-shirts also cool. Same black, white, red color scheme that says "Wake up, play WMNF, sleep, and repeat." And that is a good way to live your life. Listening to WMNF, supporting WMNF. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three is how you can show your support for WMNF. You can also make a donation on our website, which is where you can see what the T-shirt looks like. WMNF.org. We really need to see some phone lines light up. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. Talk to one of our wonderful phone bank volunteers. Let them know how much you are willing to donate to your community radio station, and they can let you know what kind of thank you gifts you could get for that donation. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three, or you can donate on the web at wmnf.org. It's important to remember that this is a volunteer-driven station. There are paid staff members. I'm not one of them. Janet's not one of them. We're here volunteering because we think the mission is so important. And what is that mission? 
It is to promote equality, peace, and social and economic justice. We're not here to make a whole bunch of money and support big, some corporation. We're here to inform you about issues you might not otherwise be aware of. And WMNF amplifies the voices that you don't hear anywhere else, especially on a show like Wavemakers. We've all seen the loss of local media outlets. We've seen the corporate consolidation of local media outlets. And that kind of prepackaged programming drowns out local voices. But those are voices that are marginalized, and we are here to fill in those blanks. Um, and as a matter of fact, let's go to a clip now. We've got Lena Young, who is a longtime activist in um, the Tampa area. Um, a legend, really. A legend. She's been here forever, for more than 30, 30 or so years, an activist in the Tampa Bay area in Tampa. Um, and she was on the show. She talked to us about just a horrible tragedy. Her husband died at the hands of the Tampa Police Department. Um, let's hear um, from Lena Young-Green. The very tragic story of your husband, um, Arthur Green, who died in 2014 at the hands of the Tampa Police Department. Tell us... I, I know it's difficult, but tell us what happened um, that evening um, when he died. He was driving down Hillsborough Avenue, I think, or you'll know, you can tell me, but he was having a diabetic seizure and was pulled over by the police. Tell us what happened. Yes, so um, uh, that afternoon I had left him sitting on the porch and um, he always goes to the corner store to get his coffee, not too far from the house. And his sugar dropped apparently when he got into the truck and he turned left instead of right. And based on, none of us were there, but based on the witnesses, he was driving very slowly. He turned um, going to Central Avenue and then made another turn on Central Avenue coming towards back home. Somebody, um, we have the 911 tape called and said, called 911 and said, there's a person in this vehicle. They described my husband's vehicle and they said, the person is either ill or they're under the influence. The person is either ill or under the influence. The tape, when you listen to the tape, the person, while they, they kept her on the phone, she said it three times that he may be ill or under the influence. From our perspective, all the police department heard was under the influence. There was an officer who had just been awarded some, given some award for having um, arrested or being involved in in people who are under the influence had gotten an award from mm -hmm. MAD. He was the one that actually turned up. So from our perspective, all was in his head that my husband was drunk or under some influence. So he turned on Central and he went over the line driving very slowly. This is from the tapes. And he went over the yellow line and ended up on the side of that road. He bumped a car and he, he pulled up on the side of the road. 
By the time he got there, the call had gone out to all of these officers that there was a drunk driver. The officer got there first, and he opened my husband's door. Now, this we could see on the tape. He reached over, and it appears that he took the keys out of my husband's, uh, out of the ignition. He stood there. He stood there with my husband's door open. My husband's in the seat, and you could hear my husband say, but I didn't, know, do, I didn't do anything wrong. What did I do wrong? And he stood there. Obviously, the time that he stood there waiting for backup, if my husband was a threat, he wouldn't have done that. He stood there right inside the door next to my husband. The other officers came, and they came in a swarm. All my husband needed at that time, what he needed was at, at that time, was somebody just to give him something that was sweet. Uh. And his sugar would have come up, and then they could understand what was wrong with him. We didn't hear the officer ask, are you ill? We didn't hear anything about even thinking that my husband might, and my husband was in his 60s. He wasn't a threat. He was sitting there. He was ill. If a person's sugar dropped as low as that, you look in the eyes and you could see that there is no focus or something. And then the other officers came and his sugar is really, really low. And they pulled him out of the car. The officer would have sat on his shoulder, put him on his stomach. He's dying. They sat on his shoulder, pushed their legs into his shoulder. This officer went to his car to get the hog tie for my husband's foot. In the deposition, when they asked him, did he, did he recognize anything about, about a diabetic? He admitted that looking at his foot before they hog tied him, that he saw something that might have made him think that he was a diabetic. Huh. And it, uh, for all of those times that they held him there, finally... Well, they were telling him not to, kept not telling him to not resist. to resist. And then eventually he just, by the time he yeah. stopped resisting, he had, he had passed. Yeah, that's why... And you went for for went through the courts for eight years on that. It was not until July of, of last year of last year of 2022 that you reached a settlement with the city of Tampa. Well, and I and I'll I can talk for you for a little bit because I know some of what happened here. So then there was also there created a, in his name a foundation, um, and then in 2015 um, there was a law passed, a state law passed that that uh, provides for training in recognizing a diabetic emergency. It's not um, required. It not is yet. not required, um, and. I believe also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Tampa Police Department procedures were changed as a result of this um, and, and how they handle people who are being restrained. We are not, you can't leave them once they have their hands behind their back. They're supposed to put them on their side. They can't leave them on their, on their stomachs anymore. Right. Um, 
So some changes were made um, as a result of that. Um, But one of the things that I understand is that you are disappointed that the family is disappointed that you've not received any kind of apology from the city or the police department or the mayor. even though they've all known you yes. for all this time, they have no known did they, you. Did they admit that they, they there was wrongdoing? That they, or did they refuse? Did they just say, "Take some money and there's no apology"? So what happened? We we filed a federal lawsuit at beginning, and with the federal law, it we we looked at his civil rights being violated, and at the, uh, and as a disabled person. Uh-huh. The federal uh, judges, we did the appeal with them, and they threw out the the immunity, which is happening everywhere, which does not hold people. Um, they were immune. The police department, yes. as a government agency, there's immunity from the police department for the police department. Because of that, it, the case got kicked back down to the state. At the state level, there's a limited amount of um, the the state has a law that says there is only. 250,000 that in cases like ours, we could possibly uh-huh. get. We had uh, the judge ordered us to uh, arbitration, and the arbitrator found that the city was 100% responsible for my husband's death. Although the city was trying to tell the judge that we were responsible, that my husband was responsible for knowing he had diabetes and still driving, and I had responsibility somewhere in there. That was their position. Well, <laughs> that's, I mean, people with diabetes need to drive. It's, you know. And that's totally, totally. Ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. And so after going back and forth for eight years, we decided we would go ahead and go with the settlement. Because we were able to get two things um, that we wanted that were really important. See, losing my husband, we can't bring him back. But his death had to result in something that helped our community. Big number of people throughout the, the, in, throughout the nation has diabetes. And if my husband's case could be help, a help to other people, we needed to do all of that. That was um, activist Lena Young-Green talking about um, an incident in which her her husband died at the hands of the Tampa Police Department. That was a very powerful uh, uh, segment of that uh, interview. It was really tough for me to get through it without choking up. Yeah, it was a very good, very good uh, um, interview, and she's a very uh, powerful The idea that she gets up every day and continues the work she does on behalf of this community, I think, is a profile in courage. Um, but give us a call, 813-239-9663, to make your donation to Wavemakers right now. Um, we still have that pair of tickets to the um, UMO Fire Festival, and I just want to talk about that a little bit more. $400 for this pair of tickets. Tell you a little bit more about it. It's it's held out on a cattle farm, a 200-acre farm in Wesley Chapel. You'll be out underneath the oak trees on white tablecloth tables. There'll be musicians there, and the food is going to be goat and flank steak and paella and lamb chops and wild mushrooms and a dessert with grilled corn and ice cream and goat milk, goat dolce de leche. How great does that sound? And if you know Renee's a food truck on uh, Nebraska, you know he's making some of the best tacos in the whole Tampa Bay area. So this is really, if you're into food and into fun and into nature, 
This is a great combination. $400. That is 813-239-9663. You can go to this event as well as support your favorite community radio station. Got a couple people to thank. This is Ron DeMeo, who made a generous donation of $288. Thank you, Ron. We appreciate it very much. He is taking a pair of tickets to WMNF's Tropical Heat Wave. We also have Elizabeth Tobin donating um, uh, $55. Um, and she did not take a thank you gift, but we appreciate your donation. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, she says, it's great to know there are level heads in the state of Florida's broadcasting news. And mm. we do try to be those level heads, don't we, Sean? Yeah, we do. And it's Wavemakers is such an important show. We heard the interviews so far, the, the two clips or three clips that Janet and Tom have played. Such an important news source in the Tampa Bay area, Wavemakers, which is brought to you by WMNF. We're commercial free here. We're independent. We stay both of those things because of you, because of listener supporters like you. We've already raised, uh, it looks like about a thousand, I'm uh, sorry, about $800. So we still need to raise a little less than a thousand dollars on this show in the last 25 minutes. We can do that with your help. 813-239-9663. Support the great journalism that we have here on the air in on WMNF Tampa, 88.5 FM. We just got another $100 do- donation. Thank you to David Rautenberg is getting the WMNF token bag and he says i've been a listener for more than 40 years he's contributed to many shows on wmnf always found that wave makers is very interesting and when he heard carlton ward he was so impressed that he felt compelled to donate 100 so thank you well, that's for that excellent con- should we play that clip again should we play the carlton <laughs> ward again and you know if you make that thousand dollar donation to the heat wave oasis package that will put us over the mm-hmm. edge just mm-hmm. about over the edge so we've got about 20 minutes left go ahead and make that call for a donation of a thousand dollars a pair of tickets to Tropical Heat Wave, two t-shirts, and access to the special Tropical Heat Wave Oasis tent where you'll be able to relax a little bit and get out of the sun and the shade. So or if you a- just want a pair of tickets to the, uh, to the Heat Wave, which is, uh, again, one of the best events of the year, it's only $288. That's a, that's a really good deal, and you're supporting the station. Very good deal. So $288, give us a call, 813-239-9663. We have a couple other um, of, of thank you gifts, too. We have um, a Black History USB drive from the Pacifica Radio Archives for a $100 donation. And that's a comprehensive collection of black voices in celebration of black history with studies of black power, the Black Panthers, black actors in Hollywood, black authors. Um, so not approved by Ron DeSantis, I should not say. Not approved this by Ron DeSantis. History <laughs> for a $100 donation. And there's a woman, women's history USB drive also from the Pacifica Radio Archives, which is, a, which is a thank you gift for your $100 donation. So give us a call at 813-239-9663 um, and make that donation. Now I'm telling you, you're going to want, you're going to hear later about this UMO Fire Festival, and you're going to be sorry you didn't go. And also, uh, we are scheduled in the next couple of weeks to have Chef Renee yes, on the show. We're going to um, talk about his journey that he has. Talk about his years. journey um, and what the the story of Taco Bus. And again, we we have we have activists on the show. We've had authors on the show. We have electeds on the show, and we also sometimes talk about food because Tom and I like food. So we had Farrell Alvarez, who's the chef at Rooster and the Till, on the show. We're going to have Chef Renee coming up and we did a special show about Cuban sandwiches. Cuban sandwiches. The history so, of the Cuban sandwiches. The history of the Cuban sandwiches. Invented. Listen to this a little bit, salivate a little and make a call. Gonna make you hungry. Make a donation. 
donate that $400 to pick up those tickets to that Umo Fire Festival. This is the conversation about Cuban sandwiches. Anything else? So a lot of people in Tampa grew up um, being told or somehow coming convinced that the Cuban sandwich was invented in Tampa. So let's go ahead and cut to the chase. Tell us where the Cuban sandwich was invented. Drum roll. <laughs> Havana. <laughs> the Cuban sandwich comes from Cuba. As far as as far as we could tell, yes. Um, that the, that's the the cradle of the sandwich, and it, it springs from there. You know, the, the thing that's interesting, and I, I make a, a point in this, of this in the book, that everything at that point is is linked by steamships. So you can you can jump on a ship from Havana and be in New York a day, day and a half later. You can be in you know. Uh, Tampa just hours later. So the rate that it spread around could have been very fast. It's it's really difficult to tell. So it's hard to tell how long it was sort of a, a Havana specialty before it left the Straits. We are talking to the three authors of the new book on the history of the Cuban sandwich. If you would like to join the conversation and tell us where you think the best Cuban sandwich is, or tell us about your first encounters with the Cuban sandwich, call us at 813 813- Two three nine nine six six three. This is WMNF. So, Andy, you mentioned that it comes from Havana. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to that conclusion? What what resources or materials did you rely on to come to that conclusion? Right. Uh, what's interesting is cookbooks aren't of much help. Uh, it doesn't really show up to, in cookbooks until. It's already kind of well-known and well-established in, in Cuba and elsewhere. Like what year would that have been, like in the... Um, it's a good question. Probably around the time of World War II. Okay. What's interesting is if you look in cookbooks in the 20s and like the early 30s, you get, you get sandwiches that are called Cuban sandwiches but bear no resemblance to what we what we know of as a mm-hmm. Cuban sandwich. Um, and I, I, I refer to those in the book. It usually is a, a big sandwich made with like soft cheese and... Lettuce and salad dressing—it's hmm. it's Doesn't very unappealing. Yeah. <laughs> right. But actually, it took a, it was a long time before it became known as a Cuban sandwich, right? It was called a mixto, right? And it wasn't was it the Anglo's, the the non-Cubans in Tampa who came up with the name, right? Yeah, it was a it was a sandwich that Cubans made, you know. So, yeah. So, but know. so back to Janice's question mm-hmm. in Cuba. How did it? How did it emerge? What? Who? Who, right. who made it? And what was on it? And and who was eating it? So, the apocryphal story. So they have a. There's a folk tale about its creation in Tampa too. The folk tale is this: is that right after the War for Independence in 1899, uh, the war was actually in 1898, but in 1899 you start to get all these Yankees coming, um, and they're all investing in the island, etc. And that if you were a sandwich slinger at that time. Uh, you had to have two meats. You had to have roast pork because the Cubans loved their roast pork. And the only thing Americans really knew was, you know, was ham, tongue sandwiches maybe, and some others. But ham was certainly like the, it was the hamburger of you know, the sandwiches. It was just uh, kind of universal. So if you were a sandwich slinger, you'd have both. And it, it was only a matter of time before someone said, hey, put both of those on my sandwich or so one of the loncheros, the the guy, who, you know, the sandwich man, decided to put it together. So who knows exactly when that happened? But I would say it was around the turn of the century or just before. Yeah. And uh, you tell a story in the book about how uh, elite Cubans, elite folks in Havana, were eating Cuban sandwiches 
Right. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, I mean, back to the research a little bit. Barbara was instrumental in this, too, but I was able to go through periodical databases. So looking through old newspapers, but not just in the United States, but in Cuba, in Spain, etc., um, Through the magic of the internet. Yes. And like, you know, I've, I've said this before, 20 years ago, you couldn't write this book the way that it was written just based on that, that research tool. You know, that's it's huge. Um, so I would find stuff of interest and I would be able to translate it roughly. But Barbara could do a much better job and, of course, was, you know, um, well versed in the slang and everything else. So, you know, Spanish is very challenging language, especially when you're talking about like popular vernacular Spanish, because it's a very shifting language. And like if you mention a lonchero now, no one thinks of the lunch man. It's the it's the like the lunch truck that comes mm -hmm. to a site and has like you know uh, iced down sandwiches and such. That was our tasty conversation about Cuban sandwiches um, with the authors of the definitive book on the history of the Cuban sandwich. What's disconcerting to me, uh, though, Janet, is that I just ran across a story uh, that was done by Fox News today about Cuban sandwiches. And the headline is, Tampa is the birthplace of the Cuban sandwich. And so... You know, we do don't live believe in a time. what you read on, Facts on Fox. Facts don't matter. They don't brought the receipts. They showed it. <laughs> then and in Cuba. Come on. That's Probably on Fox, you said? Fox News. Fox, of course. Well, yeah. you yeah, know. Whatever. 813 <laughs> um, Call now. We are halfway to our goal. We have 10 minutes, 13 minutes left, and we're halfway, only halfway to our goal. So if you enjoy Wavemakers once a week, the guests that we bring, now is your time to show the station management here that you value what we're doing. $10, $20, whatever. We'll take anything. $35. <laughs> $200. You can get tickets to the Florida Strawberry Festival and tickets to see country music star Sarah, Sarah Evans performing there. So that's for a $100 donation. This for $120, you can get... Uh, tickets to the Caribbean Cruise Music Festival on March 11th. And on March 25th, for $120, you can get tickets to the Beatles Tribute. WMNF is famous for these tribute shows that they put on at Skipper's. We've got another one coming up, and who doesn't love the Beatles? You can take your kids. Even Eight, the kids like the even Beatles. Even the kids like the Beatles. 813-239-9663. We got... So close. We've got just 12 minutes to go, and we're halfway to our goal. One person could call and make that donation of $1,000 for the Heat Wave Oasis package. That'll take us over the edge. Or if you call for the, the UMO Fire Festival, you're going to get us halfway towards our halfway. But give <laughs> us a call, 239-9663. If you'd like tickets to see Martin Sexton at the Billheimer Capitol Theater in Clearwater on March 17th, we will mail you a pair of hard tickets as a thank you gift for your $120 donation if you call 813-239-9663. Of course, we still have those USB drives, those history USB drives from the Pacifica Radio Archives that were mentioned by Janet earlier. The Black History USB drive contains 45 hours of audio on a 4-gigabyte thumb drive. The Women's History USB drive contains 79 hours of audio on an 8-gigabyte thumb drive. Either one of those can be available to you for a thank you gift for a $100 donation to keep community radio and wave makers going strong in the Tampa Bay area. Here's the number to call, 813-239-9663. You can also donate on our secure website at wmnf.org. 
all kinds of great thank you gifts for you for showing your support for WMNF Community Radio. This is Tampa's only community radio station, and it, it is very, very different kind of news that you are getting here. You're hearing from nonprofits. You're hearing from activists. You're hearing from progressives. You're hearing from um, all different kinds of people and the in-depth kind of news that you don't get elsewhere. And the other thing you get here is the opportunity to speak directly to these people who are leaders in the community and elected officials and people who are activists in the community because these are call-in shows. You can pose your questions directly to a candidate or to an elected official or to an activist or a community leader. It's very unique about this um, news and public affairs programming that we have at WMNF. And the idea behind this show, to tell you the truth, is really we want to bring people on who are not just complaining about problems. They are doing something about it. People like Barbara Road, who on January 31st talked to us about the Red Tent Women's Initiative in St. Petersburg that's helping women in jail. These are the voices you don't hear on mainstream media very often. That is the kind of programming that you find on community radio. That's right. Um, We also, let's get to another clip. Let's play a clip from Lynn Hurtak, a city council member who is um, uh, up for re-election, or actually she was appointed, but she's up for election right now, running for election, um, and wants to serve on that seat again. And it's turned into one of the most interesting races, I think, in a long time in the city of Tampa. Early voting is underway, and the last day to vote is a week from today. Early voting is underway, and Lynn Hurtak's opponents, one of her opponents is um, Janet Cruz, who is a former state senator, um, longtime service to the Tampa Bay area, who also happens to be um, have very close ties to Tampa Mayor Jane Castor. And you invited all the candidates on in this race. Yes. Yes, we did. We had all, invited all the candidates on in that race. We had Not three of them. Not because the law requires us to do it, Sean. But that's one of the values that WMNF brings to the air. So we, we had on candidates that, frankly, the Tampa Bay Times just completely dismissed as being ghost, ghost candidates, candidates um, you know, which is barely mentioned them. Disappointing to the people who actually put themselves out there and are running for office. Let's hear a little bit from Lynn Hurtak while you get your fingers busy dialing that phone, calling 813-239-9663 and make your donation to, to WaveMakers. We'd love to see a $1,000 donation for that tropical heat wave oasis package or a $400 for chef Renee's fire festival. If you love to eat, if you love meat, you will love that festival. Give us a call. Or go to WMNF.org and donate online. To Wavemakers. To Wavemakers, of course. And to be honest with you, uh, currently in my nine months in office, uh, I've only spoken um, with the mayor personally twice. Um, I generally work with her staff. Uh, she's a very busy woman. She's doing a lot of things. I'm generally working with chief of staff or I'm working with different staff members on particular projects. So I think someone to have that close of an access with the mayor would be unusual, especially from a current council member's perspective. And that's largely because uh, the Tampa City Council acts as a check and balance on the mayor's power. And the mayor is one of the most powerful elected officials in Florida, really, the, the amount uh, that she can do on her own. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there's another executive like that. So there are people uh, raising questions about whether, you know, if, if, the, if, if you're on the city council and your mayor's the mother-in-law, can you really be neutral on that? She says she can. Everyone should trust her that she'll do that. Uh, what's your thought on that? Again, like I said, I mean, I've really only had a couple of conversations with the mayor herself. I don't know how it would be 
uh, normal to have weekly, daily conversations with the mayor. That's just not the way the city has worked. Yeah, and just, I think in government, just thinking about people who are are related. I mean, we had, just think on a national level, you had JFK and um, RFK who served at the same time, but not in in a checks and balances position. And you had Jeb Bush serving at the same time as George Bush. Again, not um, in the um, executive executive and legislative, no check and balance there. So that's where it gets a little bit unusual, I think. I am surprised to hear that you've only met with her twice. um, Mm -hmm. Because I know Dick Greco was pretty well known for meeting regularly with city council members. Um, Master schmoozer, let's face it. Um, Has that surprised you? Have you tried to get uh, more meetings with her? I haven't actually tried. Like I said, I mean, I generally work with staff on particular things, and but she's only reached out a couple of times. We've we've texted a couple of times, but um, there really hasn't been, uh, in in my mind, uh, the outreach. uh, but again, this is a new position for me, so I didn't know if that was normal. Uh, but, uh, it, it, it doesn't seem to me also that uh, from the conversations we have on the dais that it's a regular occurrence with other council members either. Um, we've got um, an email from David Bryant who asks, um, it, he's, this is, David says, Janet Cruz proves that nepotism is alive and well in Tampa politics. I hope that Lynn holds her current job. She's done a great job as councilwoman. Um, one thing I was curious about, what are, your, what, is, what are Lynn's thoughts on the Goose harassment scandal? I feel like he should have been suspended for harassing his employee. you have any thoughts on that? Um, I, first of all, I want to say thank you, and I appreciate the, uh, the compliment and the comment. Um, I actually don't because most of that was settled before uh, I was in office, um, except for the the uh, the monetary settlement. Um, I don't know enough about the actual case. I'll be honest. In order, I don't feel comfortable okay. reporting on it because I I just. I was not in council when that happened, so I'm I'm honestly not sure okay. uh, the specifics of the issue. He is running for re-election now. Two of your council colleagues, Joe Citro and Louis Vieira, called on him to resign. And, of course, the mayor very strongly called on him to resign. He's refused to do that and decided to leave it up to the voters. So I guess we'll decide what, whether the voters want to keep him. Absolutely, absolutely. And I... That was city council member Lynn Hertak. She was on our show a couple of weeks ago talking about her um, bid to serve another term on the Tampa City Council. And that was one of the first times she really talked about the idea that the mayor's mother-in-law might be elected to serve as a check and balance on the mayor. And since then, that issue has really blown up uh, with Janet Cruz uh, Wondering out loud at a forum last week whether she was against Lynn Hertak was opposed to her candidacy because she has a problem with gay people, which is kind of odd because she's the only candidate for city council who's been uh, endorsed by the LGBTQ caucus of the Democratic Party. But these are the kinds of voices that we bring to you every week so that you can make your own judgment about issues that you believe in, uh, who you should vote for. And we have only five minutes left for Wavemaker. So call 813-239-9663 and show your support for Wavemaker. So many great thank you gifts. The WMNF t-shirts, the WMNF ball caps, tickets to Tropical Heat Wave, the Black History USB, Dr. Bob's book about the uh, Kentucky Farmer Invents wireless telephone, but was it radio? Facts and folklore about Nathan Stubblefield. Um, that's an, an option for you. And then also our, our um, thank you gifts, which are two tickets to the uh, Florida Strawberry Festival and to see Sarah Evans and two tickets to Chef Renee's um, Umo, Fire Festival. Umo Fire Festival out in the woods. 
um, on, a, on a ranch sitting there underneath some trees with an open fire festival and enjoying some delicious grilled meats for $400. Sean's laughing at me. Somebody like, buy that before I do. <laughs> <laughs> I would be there, except I'm going to be out of town. Otherwise, I would totally be at that event. I'm looking forward to it. I was sorry I missed it. I think you did one last year. Um, and was, I was not able to make it to that. 813-239-9663. Give us a call. Make your pledge. I see a phone ringing. We're mm -hmm. about to run out of time on the show, so call. I hope it's a $1,000 pledge for those Oasis, Tropical Heat Wave Oasis tickets so we can make our goal. We need one nice, fat pledge to take us over our goal. Yeah, it is exciting to see somebody on the line right now, hopefully making a donation for wave makers. I should tell you that at 11.58 in the morning, there are exactly two and a half minutes left in us asking for your funds for news and public affairs. It's music the rest of the way. The next 21 hours or so has music, uh. and then we'll be back to, to normal programming. But if you like news and public affairs, now is the time. If you missed your chance to donate to Democracy Now! or any of the other great shows or wave makers, please show your support right now in the last minute or two 813-239-9663 you can also donate on the web at wmnf.org or you can donate on the wmnf community radio app by hitting the tip, tip jar there and if you missed it today you can even donate today tonight tomorrow whatever if you support wave makers please make sure you select wave makers from the drop down menu to show that your donation is going to support janet and tom and the great interviews that they bring you every single tuesday at 11 o'clock Please call now, 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. This is your last chance to show support for news and public affairs programming on WMNF in this fund drive. So give us a call, 813-239-9663. As Sean says, it's a minute and a half left. We have a minute and a half left. You can dial. You can make that call in less than a minute and a half. You can make that pledge in a minute and a half. It doesn't take long. Go ahead and call 813-239-9663 and show your support for alternative news in the Tampa Bay marketplace. We need news. You know, uh, we've already talked about this earlier. The news landscape is shrinking. There's just so few reporters on the street trying to find out what is going on in your community. And WMNF is doing everything it can to close that gap. So please call right now. And pledge to 813-239-9663 or go to WMNF.org. Um, you can also don yeah, donate WMNF.org or call us at 813-239-9663. 30, we have 36, 35 seconds left to Be make our goal. Maker. Make a wave, make a difference. Be the hero. 813-239-9663. I tell you what, there's two people on the line. That means if you make a $700 donation, I bet that that would do it. If you can call right now and make a $700 donation to Wave Makers, you will help put this show over the top. 813-239-9663. Please tell the station folks that this show is important to you. The best way to show your support is with a couple of bucks here or there. Just a couple of bucks and $5. WMNF Tampa. WMNF Tampa. 